and welcome to Lunar Magic Tea Time, where we discuss all things magical, mystical, metaphysical, and sometimes even a little mundane. I'm Kristen. And I'm Nancy. And this week, we are talking about deities. Before I get to D, I want to clarify the definition of a closed practice. So a closed practice is any practice that you must either be born into or initiated into. Uh, a couple of examples of that would be hoodoo or voodoo, santaria or Judaism. The religious practices of a closed practice are not to be used by people outside of that practice. You can be invited to participate on occasion, but that does not welcome you to use parts of the practice outside of that event. For example, you can be invited to Yom Kippur dinner, and, but that doesn't mean you can do your own outside of that dinner. The loa are not for the uninitiated to be praying to, for example. As an outsider to that practice, you, like I said, you can be invited, but that's, that's just not permission. And there's so many open practices. And when you begin the pagan path, it's best to start looking at your own personal heritage and genetic lines and what your ancestors may have done um, in their countries of origin. There's lots of DNA tests out there to kind of point you in the right direction. For example, I found out that I am very Scottish, which would make much of the Celtic pantheon open to me. Well, that and my grandmother and grandfather actually immigrated <laughs> from Scotland. So it's a very genetically close. But there's, like I said, there's lots and lots of open practices. Celtic paths, North Pass, Greek, Roman. And, you know, let's be real, real. Zeus will uh, get it with anybody. <laughs> He would, let's get no. <laughs> so what I wanted to do today for this episode, as opposed to talking about specific deities, I really wanted to talk about the concept of deity and how to introduce that into practices and maybe have you start thinking in terms of your relationship with deity. Um, so you're not going to be hearing me break down this goddess for this work, da, 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 da. Not in this episode, for sure. We're going to start with ways to view deity, and then we'll go from there. This is definitely going to be a more conversational episode than strictly bullet pointy if that makes sense. So let's start with monotheism. And I think most of us here uh, in the United States are familiar with the concept of monotheism. The idea that there is only one deity and this deity is somehow responsible for the creation of the earth. That's the belief of the Abrahamic religions. So Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, and others as well, such as Baha'i and Sikhism are both monotheistic. Yeah. So one thing I, um... Just curious, because originally I think of that as um, where it started more um, with paganism and that, and then it moved into this. But they say there's some really ancient religions that are monotheism too. Would that be the, I don't know which of these names, the Bahia and... So Baha'i and Sikh are both, Sikh, sorry, Sikhism, um, are both, I don't want to say new religions, but they are newer religions okay, they are and i can't think so 
I have a religious studies degree. And so I know that some aspect of religions of like the big organized types of religions mm-hmm. will cross a lot of boundaries in, is it monotheism? Is it polytheism? And so these are just kind of overarching terms to be familiar with, but nothing like in Christianity, for sure, there's one God, yeah. period. In Islam, there's one God. It is the same God as in Christianity. Don't let people fool you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but there's branches uh, there's lines of Hinduism, for instance, that are definitely more monotheistic than they are polytheistic. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. I've never thought of that one as being monotheistic. So polytheistic is the idea that there are many deities. Um, like I mentioned, Hinduism has many, many deities. Uh, many of the African religions have many deities. Uh, depending on who you ask, neo-paganism falls under here as well. For instance, a lot of neo-pagans will worship the god and the goddess as equal entities, and that would make it a polytheistic religion. The Greek pantheon is obviously polytheistic because there's so many Greek gods. Often in the polytheistic religions, the different deities have different cosmic responsibilities. So... Let's refer to Greek because I think most of us are familiar with that. Uh, Zeus is kind of the ruler, the the main guy, but below him you have Hera, who is the goddess of hearth and home, as is Hestia. Um, You have Hades, who is the god of the underworld, you know, so everybody had their own role. Now, that's not, you know, these are not universals, like I don't like saying always, you know, a polytheistic religion isn't always going to have these markers and it's not always going, you know, I don't like this. We just kind of want to get some concepts going so we can have this conversation. (laughs) Um, And frequently these polytheistic religions have these very long family trees and very varied creation stories. Um, Sometimes it's hard to source out, which is the one creation story but to be fair, the Bible also has two creation stories in it. So um, one thing I found really interesting while doing some research on this is that they say, I don't know if this is still true today. Like I feel like the last five years things have been changing, but that in Western culture, there's only a choice between uh, monotheism, atheism, and agnosticism. I forget how you pronounce that. Um, that they don't acknowledge anything pagan or polytheistic. I think that, what do you think? Do you think that's changing in the last? I think as we have greater access to the internet and to resources, I do think um, we're breaking the hold that mainstream Christianity has on everything in America. Yeah. And I think the last four years have really made people think I hope so. Christian <laughs> what's going on is really turning people from what I always call mainstream religion. Yeah, I think five, ten years ago that probably would have been more true. Yeah. So animism 
is the belief that natural objects, natural phenomena, and the universe itself possess souls. The belief that natural objects have souls that may exist apart from their material bodies. And the doctrine that the soul is the principle of life and health or belief in spiritual beings or uh, agencies. Many Native American paths are at least somewhat animistic and also closed if you are not Native. Shinto, um, again, closed, but uh, is animistic. Uh, in short, animism states that uh, the deities represent forces in nature and that it, those, they're in all things. Um, I remember my dad always telling me that, uh, my dad's a uh, Christian minister. Uh, so, uh, but I remember him telling me from very young that God was in all things. And if God is in all things, then that's animism. Yeah, it's kind of like what i um, talking to you about the other day about the holographic, how that one scientist explained it, that in the smallest cell or smallest division, it look just like a picture of a galaxy. Well, the same thing, but the universe is inside each one of us and every living thing and that everything breaks down to that. It almost looks like a picture of a galaxy. Oh, I was going to say it was um, kind of ties into this. So some scientific thing where the natural object and everything, because it says everything has the same, that same single cell. And I believe the universe is all connected. And that's why when such things are going around around the world that it, it has effect on all of us. And we found in proof, they proved that on 9-11, it changed the vibration of the earth. In Taoism, the uh, Tao is the universe that is kind of outside of us, the driving mm -hmm. force that of, but the the is that same force within us and they are connected and the same. Okay, the archetypical, the archetypal approach posits that deities are symbols rather than real. For example, or the Odin is an archetype of a stern father, and Mary the archetype of a mother. Archetypes don't always have nice firm boundaries and definitions, and can get a little confusing. And I spent way too much time trying to figure out what archetype what deity would be it, i gave up so yeah it's almost be. like the um like what they always said myths was a way a story of explaining something that happened on the earth so it kind of reminds me of that same thing like exactly though and not not a physical or spiritual being exactly um so the the transpersonal approach states that the gods and goddesses represent powerful energies within the collective unconscious and or are thought forms created through psychic energy um this one is a little difficultness for me to grasp so do they mean that the person themselves through their thoughts the collective cause that, that that's interesting um or to, that they are more spiritual and so I always go back, I think it goes back to the collective unconscious, and this is definitely the most humanist and least um, religious, sort of metaphysical, yeah. esoteric view of deity. Um, this, this approach is used a lot in psychology, um, which is not to diminish its value in your practice if you view the gods this way. 
But um, I think when they say a thought form, I think they mean like a collective. If I tell you a story and that you take that story to heart and then you turn around and tell three other people that story. And then they tell three other people, you know, each one of them tells three other people. The story begins to build its own. They call that box? The Dybbuk box. That's what it reminds me of. Exactly. That's because that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Or like a, a poltergeist with teenagers that their mm -hmm. energy level and that causes this poltergeist. Kind of like that kind of thing, I guess. Everything in your house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What? <laughs> Gonna have to start paying rent. About. <laughs> so you and your Marist approach. I I'm gonna spell that because I know I butchered it. And if you want to look it up for more research, I encourage you to do that. It's E U H E M E R I S T. This approach suggests that deities began as humans whose extraordinary deeds raised them to the level of the divine. And we do see this in the myths of the Greek pantheon, where you start off with someone who's human, mm -hmm. and through some magical intervention, all of a sudden they're divine. And we do see that in history. Look at how the founding fathers are revered. Are they, would, would we say they are deities at this point? No, but Raising they are, yeah, exactly. The monistic approach suggests that all beings that we revere as deities are actually aspects or facets of a single deity. And this is kind of the way I look at that is if I am a small human, mm -hmm. the universe is vast and overwhelming. If I'm feeling lost and I pray to something and that something comes to me, it's going to come to me in a form I understand. Yeah, that makes and, sense. And that form is going to be a bipedal humanoid creature. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's how I see it. And <clears throat> again, I am not disparaging any of these approaches. Yeah. But I, when I'm adding humor to it, I'm just, this is the way I'm seeing, this is yeah. the way I think of this. Exactly. What's <laughs> right or wrong. And, you know, really, there's probably little bits of everything. Well, that's, that's one of my favorite lines from the show, The Good Place. In the very first episode, uh, Eleanor asks if, oh, who got it right? Yeah. And Michael mm -hmm. says, oh, well, each religion got it a little bit right. Yeah. But nobody got it. Like, nobody was super close, except this one guy who got really, really stoned one night. And, like, <laughs> and I'm like... I can't get that. <laughs> so, so I think that there's bits and pieces. And again, we're small and the universe is, even if you're a purely scientific, atheistic practitioner of magic, science doesn't even know yeah. what's in our freaking ocean. Exactly. And they're on our planet. Yeah. You know, like the universe is massive and amazing. So who knows? <laughs> That's that's my theory. Uh, all the time. Mm -hmm. The henotheistic approach suggests that deities are distinct, separate spiritual entities who exist as higher evolved beings. I like to use the, sto the show Stargate as an example. 
So the show says that the that the deities on Earth were actually aliens that were that shared knowledge. Or well, actually, in the show, they used humans as slaves. But we're not going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> Uh, but they shared their knowledge with the humans on Earth. Um, and before anybody says anything, nope, 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 aliens did not build the pyramids in real life. Humans were capable of doing that. But did they help? I mean, listen. They can't build them today, or the other theory, actually, we restarted our civilization 100 times. Well, actually, there's uh, current archaeological evidence that it was absolutely humans. Hmm really some interesting archaeology happening in Egypt right now. Well, probably not right now, thanks COVID, but, um. <laughs> yeah, I'm, my, I'm still out on that one, if it was totally, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, I just feel like that if we can't do it today, how did they do it back then? Well, but there's lots of things that we can't do today that they did back then. Like, as, as a society, we've lost a lot of our ability to work in groups, if you look at what's happening now. There's people more facing their phone. Um, it isn't, I've watched a lot of stuff on pyramids in the last few years, and it is interesting. Um, now they're figuring out that they really were like a big power source, mm -hmm. and they provide electricity to the, but there's so much, I mean, so much more than we could even know. The uh, the Babylonian battery. There was an archaeological find in the Middle East of an actual battery that actually worked. There's a, who's that scientist? He actually has it like a really big collection of all that kind of stuff. And yeah. Yeah, I've watched him a couple of years ago. Anyway, we digress from. <laughs> yeah, always, always, that's what we do. So why, why did I just give you that? Big long list. Well, it's because I want to have a conversation about how we look at the world and how we as pagans add the concept of deity or the concept of greater than yeah. to, to our daily lives. Well, one of the reasons that I'm pagan is because I, like I said, my dad's a minister and I grew up in the church, uh, and I questioned everything, everything. I, I my, my dad isn't just a minister. He was also very heavy into theology and questioned everything as well. Mm -hmm. And so I was just taught to question everything. And there was so many inconsistencies for me that I began to question monotheism. Now, I believe personally that there is something sacred, if you will, within myself that connects me to the universe, mm -hmm. which would, but I also believe and have met in my meditations, deities as deities. What they are, I don't, I don't know. They haven't chosen to share that with me. Exactly. I believe in, well, I believe modern religions was um, designed to control us. I believe in multi-universe and I believe in the multi-layers, like some of those gods and goddesses might be like a way higher plane. I believe everything in the universe is connected and everything that we do affects the universe. Pretty sure the other dimensions are pretty pissed at us right now. 
I would assume. I believe we're capable of so much more than, I don't even think we use 5% of our capabilities and that the controlling factors in this world are, don't want us to ever know that. I also kind of believe in soul groups and that, and then we can just, this time to reincarnate for a reason, but really what the, what the, you know, what were we thinking? Pretty sure we shouldn't sign on for this one. I guess um, I'm more in line with it, um, with the worst is connected, and a little bit we're all living things, because if you seen those pictures, like with the trees all communicating with each other, and then everything, every living thing connects out to the universe, um, the science is finally catching up with it. It's pretty interesting. Well, uh, Star Trek Discovery and you know, I am a humongous Star Trek nerd. I, I love me some Star Trek. And uh, they always know what's coming next, science-wise. But uh, the first season, they were talking about, um, effectively, and, I'm, and this, is, this is kind of simplifying, oversimplifying it, but they were talking about uh, the mycelial network in the, in the universe yeah. where... Uh, uh, Anthony Rapp's character could tap into that mm -hmm. and Steinmetz, Lieutenant Steinmetz. Um, sorry, I just get so distracted because Anthony Rapp is so adorable. <laughs> Where it's all, it's literally all connected through effectively space fungus. Yeah. And if you look at mushrooms and how mushrooms grow or how lichen grow, a lichen can't grow without its tree. Or a host, I guess you would call it. But kind, kind of, but I think when we start thinking so individualistically and, and use a, a lot of I, capital I thinking in our relationship with the universe or with gods or the greater than, mm -hmm. then we, take away the sacredness of the greater than yeah even if that greater than is just your feet on the ground feeling the earth you know what i mean yeah if you're saying well connected yeah and and there's always an element in mystic thinking where we have to let go of of everything we have to let go of our preconceived notion. We have to let go of our ego. Um, we have to let go of trying to have it be exactly what we want it to be. And when we can let go of those things, then the greater than can really become a part of your life, if that makes any sense whatsoever. I think um, they say we're moving to that, but we're like we're taking a deeper where if everybody I even think positive, but you just live your life not to harm another or positive thoughts and all that. The world would be such a better place. When you look at the so people divide up whether you pray to God or you pray to something else or just positive thinking, but it's really, if you take it down to its base, it's all just putting that positive thought out into the universe. No matter which path you go to get there, it's still at the root of it, it's still just the positive thought to heal someone, the positive thought. Typically, like, like remember, um, before it really hit us, the fires in Australia, and everybody got together and said, yeah, rain, we're going to pray for rain, we're going to 
all this terrain, I think that's why I think that we've forgotten our power. Like, they've had scientific proof when um, people went out and meditated for peace and everything, that crime went down 20 to 30 percent. Mm -hmm. It lasted, you know, it didn't last forever, but that period of time of meditation, and everybody that meditated could have a different path, but just that positive thought out there actually changed, you know, very high criminal activity. It changed the world. One of the things, uh, years ago, I watched something uh, with my dad um, about ice crystals and the, the fractal formation of ice crystals and how if the water was, if, if different types of music were played in the vicinity, the, it, that would change the fractals of the ice. Also, they also did experiments with just having people in the room. And if people were crying in the room, the fractal was different than if people were laughing in the room. Yeah. And I, that to me was really a powerful moment of realizing, well, it's changing the way something is moving. Everything yeah. is waves. And you know. it's connected. It would make sense that it would, something that was very um, visual for them to see the difference. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Just the, the atmosphere. But, you know, it's the same thing um, when you go into a place and it's very heavy with negativity. You know, if you're an empath like you, you pick up on that very easy. But mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, I think everybody's a little bit empathic to a certain degree, but they don't realize why they. I think Katie is, and that's why she can't handle crowds, or she doesn't like to be like you, with Christmas shopping and that, that all that emotion in a small area really affects me. I'm pretty sure I have, like, like when we read the um, thing about um, energy vampires, mm. they talked about old souls in path, and I said, that really defines me, because I feel like I can block it off easier when other people are more sensitive or at such a higher level than I am that uh, it's to block. And for somebody like me who, you know, part of what I do for a living is requires that I tap into feeling what other people are feeling. So mm. it becomes this very tricky dance of how blocked off should I be? Like if I go to the grocery store, oh, I'm locked down. Nobody gets yeah. nothing you um, <laughs> because, you know, but like, if I'm not careful, I, I get hit hard. And, and there's been times when I've just been like, okay, we can't be in this space anymore. There is too much yeah. stuff happening, too many yeah. emotions. And, um, and it varies. Like there are times when, when a big crowd doesn't phase me, but other times where I'm like the thought of being around a big crowd of people makes me physically ill. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen you actually react the time we went to see Long Island Medium, all because of all this, the energy and spirits in that room. Oh, yeah. It affected you physically. Yeah. Yeah, so it just... Well, it was mostly the big Muppet guy sitting behind us that freaked me out. But yeah. I'm not going to yeah. lie, I've never seen anything uh, like that. What are you? You're going to say that all the time in this house. Yeah, so the universe, it's... Um, and I think... 
like you said on um, Good Place, like there's a little truth in each mm-hmm. each religion, and some of it's morphed, and unfortunately, it's morphed in this century to something that just people in control think they can control people. And I'm not all about that. Like I'm, I totally should have been born. I'm sure I was back in that era where um, women basically went, mm, no, I'll do whatever I want. And I don't need you come visit once a week and then go back in your own hut. Let's face it. If women were in charge, yeah. So yeah, basically, like I said, I've, I've meditated and, and met deities and I have been awed by them and overwhelmed by them. And, but I've also done much smaller meditations where I've been just feeling where I'm at and really just focused on that. And that has been just as much a spiritual event mm-hmm. for me as meeting yeah because i really think of a higher source that's really in everything and every living thing and and that's probably like with me in the ocean that's a place with, um haiti it's a forest mm-hmm. it's more natural and i think everybody finds their connecting to the universe even though most people aren't thinking about it in that way it's just a place i go to just relax you are very very connected and you know in animism the ocean is its own entity it is filled with with the spiritual power so you know it's definitely my my place yes. past lives or or it's like my granddaughter says you know past lives maybe on another planet she says nana i'm really sad i can't fly like Really thought I could fly. And I think, I think kids are definitely closer to that um, collective unconscious. Mm-hmm. And so to drill it out. Yeah, and so when my grandson is over talking to the ancestor table, he's really talking to the ancestors. Mm-hmm. He really he has conversations, and he has different conversations for different ancestors. He's not repeating the same little babble. Yeah. yeah very it's very, very different for how he talks to my, the picture of my mom versus the picture of my grandma. Yeah. Yeah. They know the difference. Yeah. And he's never met either one of them because they've been, they were both gone before that he came along. Yeah. I just feel like a, all the time, like, can I just, I feel like, like a curtain comes down and blocks you off from the powers or your ability to see all these things. And I'm just like, just want to pull that curtain off. Can we just take the curtains down? Like I'm tired of this. Well, that that is what we're going to talk about next time. And I didn't even know that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next week we're going to um, get into meditation and how we can access these things. And it's going to be a doozy of an episode. Uh, again, it'll be a little more conversational, a little more back and forth like this one was. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's definitely a direction um, I'm hoping we're moving into yeah. with our topics. Um, I, you know, people, I guess the biggest thing I'd like to say is no one person is wrong. I mean, there could be some evil people in that, but your beliefs really, if you look at it, they're all kind of on the same groundwork. It's just 
kind of like it's kind of like a tree where you mm -hmm. have the universe and that and then it branches off into different things and maybe one branch has 10 branches for gods or goddesses and then one is on its own but if everybody not putting labels or categories on what they believe and just believe we're all part of the bigger picture and start treating each other better but sometimes these people make it really hard for me i'm trying but they make it really hard <laughs> i do i i, I know i know all right so Bye. next in that devil <laughs> i talk about this at kristen all the time i'm like lately the one on the left shoulder, you know, he's the, he's the devil. And one just tells me do the thing. It's not necessarily bad, but probably things I shouldn't do. The angel's been a little more quiet. She's like kicked back and going like, you know, I'm just, I don't feel like I can defend some of these things anymore. <laughs> I will. When, when the one on the left lets you have free reign, you know, you're in trouble. <laughs> it's going to be a bad day for some people in my world. <laughs> in Kristen's world. Analyst. <laughs> um, all right. So with closing uh, thoughts of, um, you know, if I, for me, it all boils down into being willing to let go. There's, there is a Christian saying, let go and let God and substitute the word God for whatever greater than you thing, you know, let, let go and and reach out for that connection okay. and however that connection comes to you is the right way for that connection to come to you it might be right in that moment yeah. and then two days later you'll go to sit and do the same thing and it won't be right in that moment again exactly. because the universe is vast and we are small and so we small. don't know, I don't think we know a percentage. I don't think I, we know 1%. Yeah, I, I really believe like Earth is some big experiment. Like you're sent here to learn some lessons and, and because of that, they close off 98% of your knowledge. I think if we opened ourselves up, we would, you know, like the pineal gland, how certain things like fluoride blocks it. <laughs> Really, you're capable of so much more. So people just go out and explore your universe and pull up the curtain. Yep. Yeah. And on that note, next week or next time, not next week, sorry. Next time we will be uh, breaking down different ways to meditate. Um, and depending on how long that episode goes, we may have to break it into two parts. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, look forward to meditation because that is one of the acts that we do to connect to the greater than. Uh, on that note, this has been Lunar Magic Tea Time. You can email us at lunar at lunarmagicteatime.com. Uh, our website is lunarmagicteatime.com. You can find the podcast there. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, and Google Play. You can leave us a like and review. We really like that. You can find us over on YouTube. You can find us on Instagram. You can find me on TikTok at Lunar Magic Tea Time. And we have merch at Teespring. I think that was it. Thank you for listening and have a magical day. Bye.